The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, and we are, of course, striving this week, as every week, to be your public radio resource for the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your own real estate investing business. Now, we've got a really exciting topic tonight that you guys have not heard before here on Real Life Real Estate, and I know you are going to be glued to your radio for the next hour or so radio, internet connection, whatever it is you're listening on. But what you should not be doing is calling in or emailing in questions because due to a weird scheduling thing, uh, I'm actually pre-recording this program earlier the same day. Um, Discovered uh, and looking at my calendar, which has been set this way for nine months, but of course I just discovered it this week that I'm actually going to be at one of the... Uh, regional uh, market updates, three-hour market updates that I'm doing for the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association over the course of the next uh, month or so. And if you're in Ohio, um, Indianapolis, uh, the Detroit area, Nashville, um, you can actually come to one of those if you would like to. They're, uh, They're just basically, you know, like what's going on in the market and what makes it work for you and what good strategies are right now. And um, it's, I think, I think if, it, if you take three hours and step back and sort of look at the big picture, it might, it might reaffirm that you're doing the right thing. It might make you tweak some things, change some things, but in any case, Oria is paying for it and it's free. So if you go to trainwithvena.com, that's trainwithvena.com, uh, you can check out where I'm going to be over the next few weeks. But tonight it's Dayton, Ohio, and I'm not here. I'm not. I'm not here in the studio while you're listening. But uh, wanted to make sure that I got my guest today uh, in front of you because he's got a topic that. Well, I mean, we couldn't have talked about this ten years ago on Real Life Real Estate because the underlying mechanisms to do this thing did not exist at that time. We're going to talk tonight about how to become like an extended stay Airbnb landlord. And my guest today is Al Williamson, who is a professional engineer, full-time real estate investor, and uh, author of several books on real estate investing. Uh, He did sort of a public, um, this took a lot of guts, he did kind of this, this, this public like a real-time blogging thing back in 2015 where he wanted to um, show people how he was going to create enough ancillary income to cover the mortgage on an eight-unit apartment building. 
and uh, just kind of did this out in the public. And thank God, Al, that it actually worked because that would have been like super <laughs> embarrassing if that all ended in tragedy. <laughs> no, no, psych, I can't pay my mortgage. Um, but he's uh, he, he uh, spends his days now managing and building up his corporate housing business in Sacramento, California. He's joining us by phone. Uh, from his home in Sacramento, and we're going to talk today about how to take rentals you already have. Al, we're not asking people to go out and buy new stuff if they already have appropriate properties, but to make the income on those properties a whole lot more by serving a market that literally did not exist 10 years ago. Is that is, have, I, have I about encapsulated it there, Al? You did. You did an excellent job. Well, thank you. I thought you were going to say more than that, so I took a big swig of my soda here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me if I choke. Um, so, let's 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 kind of start with with um, getting people's brain around what the business model is here, because everybody has heard of like Airbnb and vacation rental by owners. Is that what it's called, VRBO. And when they think when they think short term, that's often the first thing that pops into their mind is, oh, he, she's talking about you know somebody who's going on vacation for a week and um, maybe me opening up a room in my house or, or maybe if I have a, if I have a property that is on a beach or in the mountains or something like that, then I could potentially tap into that market. But that is not what you do. That's right. That's right. Hey, Bina, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited to be on your show. So thank you so much. But yeah, I, I don't, I always encourage people to do the best they can with what they got. So start with what you have, and and there's plenty of opportunities. And if there's not, you can definitely create some. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so outline for us just sort of briefly how what you do in your business okay. is different so, than what people think about when they think, quote, vacation rentals. Yes, yes. So I, my particular business, the way I run my business in Sacramento, California, which has it's graded an F in terms of friendliness to short-term rentals. <laughs> it's graded an F, so it's very difficult. I run month-long and more stays. So I operate, uh, my minimum stays are three months. And, and right now I focus on traveling, traveling nurses and other business travelers. So that's really, there's really two buckets of people using Airbnb in these short-term or just about any travel there's the tourist bucket, and then there's the traveler bucket. And a traveler's could be business travel or it could be because of some type of training or um, you're working abroad, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. types of things. And it, so yeah, I, go after the, I go after the business travelers. In, the inter- in an interesting crossover a couple of weeks ago, Chris McClatchy was on. And, of course, his, his real big business is apartment buildings, and he does a lot of owner financing uh, when he buys. But he mentioned that he had just found this new thing where he could uh, rent rent short-term to military people who were being trained, right? It's not, not like, not like right. I'm stationed at this base, but like I have to come to this base for three months because I'm getting specialized pilot training or something like that. And right. that he is, he's just bought his first property doing that and that he, you know, his projections look incredibly profitable. But, um, I think a lot of, uh, I, th- I think we're the thought about things like Airbnb and vacation rental by owner, and I'm sure there's a million other sites that I'm not aware of. 
that stops the typical landlord like me is I say, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. There's just not that many people <laughs> who are going to want to come and stay in any of my houses in Cincinnati, Ohio for you know, a couple of days while they go see a Bengals game or whatever, because A, it's just not a big tourist town. And B, the kinds of properties I have are, are they're, they're, they're rental properties. They don't have, you know, we, we have very little beachfront property here in Cincinnati. It's extraordinarily <laughs> rare. And, right. and the, the, as, as you and I were talking about whether this would even apply in this part of the country, you kind of, you kind of shook me up by telling me, you got the you got the completely wrong idea of even the kind of property I'm talking about. Right, right. There's so many different flavors between these beachfront properties and a one-year lease. You know, the, the traditional landlording. There's all this Goldilocks stuff in between. You know, none of my properties are on beaches. I'm right in the middle of the inner city, and what I do is I I go after competing toe to toe with these extended stays which aren't on beaches either, just people need a place and they have a certain budget. I'm I'm speaking of my business travelers. They have a certain budget that their employer gives them and they're looking to do the best they can with the money they have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's the spot that I think is really sweet for us landlords. Very good. Now we need to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dig a little further into who are these travelers? What are they looking for? And I think most importantly to our listeners, how can you maximize the income that's coming off of your rental by learning how to do this? We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. I'm talking today to Al Williamson, who is an expert in uh, short stay landlording. Let's call it that, because <laughs> I'm trying to get to my trying to get my brain around w- what to even call this show. Because I don't know, Airbnb is kind of it, it, well, it's kind of become like Kleenex, right? <laughs> when we talk about something you take out of a box to blow your nose, we say Kleenex, even though that's a brand name. And what we're really talking about is a tissue. And I think people say Airbnb now when they mean any kind of short-term stay that would be in somebody's house as opposed to a hotel. Right. Hotel alternative, right. Right. And, 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 and obviously that and other, other types of, um, you know, things, things where members of the public can get the information out that they have this thing available that they are willing to share for a price. It's completely changed the economy. You know, um, right. Airbnb, Uber, all of those, Lyft, all of those things that allow people to uh, do more of a one-on-one uh, exchange of, in this case, a place to stay, um, has had a huge impact in a very short period of time. And as a result of that, we probably ought to talk at least briefly about the fact that there's been kickback from the hotel industry. And, uh, yes. <laughs> and, that, and that one of the things we want to make sure listeners do <laughs> before they run off, you know, based on based on one one hour radio show, they're going to run off and, and go do this right, wrong, <laughs> um, that they need to check with their local uh, laws about short term stays. You mentioned Sacramento is not friendly to them in what way? Right. With, with Sacramento, if you are a non-owner occupant, meaning you're a landlord, they only give you 90 days to do uh, short-term stays or nightly stays. So, And, and they also, uh, of course, they make you uh, file for a license and 
um, to do a whole bunch of reporting in addition to taxes, 12% lodging taxes you have to pay as well. Hmm. So those are for stays, you know, 30 days and less. You, you fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you can so- see I, I sidestepped the whole thing by just doing 30 days and more. Yeah, so interestingly, um, if I'm just a bad landlord and I keep screening my tenants wrong and I and they only stay there, you know, 65, 80 days because then I have to evict them because they didn't okay. screen them right and I paid the rent, <laughs> I'm just a landlord. But if I'm, right. if, I'm, if I'm out there advertising, you can stay in this place for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever – then I suddenly, in some areas, am going to fall under some of the same rules that hotels do, including taxes. In some places, I know they're starting to uh, look at doing um, inspections, you know, that, that sort of uh, right. licensing and so on. So, again, yes. po- point, point being just we can't talk about what is happening in every little city in the country. So you <laughs> need to do your due diligence. You need to go, you need to go find out what your city thinks about uh, this and, and just be aware that you know there's just like the taxi industry tried to shut down Uber and Lyft when they first came around. Um, right. The hotel industry is interested in doing the same thing here. So, um, describe to me who your typical customer is for this kind of rental. So, so you know I'm, I'm moving into a very specific for me, but let me tell you just about my operation. I'm looking for business travelers who have a per diem, a housing allowance. That's what's particular for me. And that could be transmission linemen. It could be construction workers or construction managers like I was. I was always traveling, uh, overseeing the construction of bridges. So I was a business traveler, and I had a allowance that I could spend on housing. And, of course, there's traveling nurses and occupational therapists, and it just goes on and on. People in training programs, corporate training programs, they may send new employees to a certain place. Mm-hmm. Like um, like in Indiana, they have Cummins Diesel. They, people are sent there for a two months training, uh-huh. and they, those people need housing. So that's a perfect spot for a short-term rental. So basically they're, they're, they're going to be there long enough that it would be really nice if they had a full kitchen. That's right. But not long enough that they need to actually go try and sign a lease on an apartment or something. Right. So, that you know, furnishing a place is very expensive. So if you're staying a year, it might be okay to furnish it. But if you're there for two or four months, then the numbers definitely don't work out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so so your your tenant is somebody who is there for a fairly serious purpose. I'm going to guess that this person doesn't cause you a lot of management or maintenance headaches. Oh, no, not at all. Especially if you're representing a, a business, you don't want your employer's name smeared. So you're on extra incentive <laughs> to be on your best behavior. Also, you know, you're there for a serious purpose. You're, you're busy. Um, when you come home, you oftentimes need to decompress, and you don't want any noise, and you don't want anyone coming into your place to clean, and you don't want to deal with uh, anyone. You just want to decompress. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's the difference. They're, they are ideal people as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 
usually well well educated people on this level, and they just simply want privacy and safety, place to cook, and um, to be embedded so they can have an experience like a like a local person. Uh-huh. Like like one of the locals, so they can take on that lifestyle. Oh, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That sounds much more appealing to me than staying in a faceless extended stay place where maybe the people next door are there to party and we share a wall <laughs> and you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you can't even open the windows, right? Those places you can't open the windows. That is and true. That is there's true. There's no excitement to it. It's just a regular cookie cutter place. Yep. You don't know where you are. You could be. Anywhere in the United States, it's the same old, same old. That is very true. Now, this is where it gets a little tough since we we have listeners from all over the country, many of whom have probably never been to Sacramento. I don't believe I myself have ever been to Sacramento. And when we start to try and describe neighborhoods, <laughs> some, uh-huh. you know, especially especially well, you're, you're in Northern California, so that's going to be a little bit different. But, you know, sometimes when people in Southern California are trying to describe uh, what what they intend to mean to be a low end rental neighborhood and they say, well, so, you know, like two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand dollar houses. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you mean a move up neighborhood? So we <laughs> we can't. Uh, we can't quite we can't quite describe the neighborhoods that way, but would you say they were more that the, the, the your business is more in the bread and butter type neighborhoods, move up neighborhoods, rental neighborhoods? Like, what are we what are we talking about here in terms of what kind of rentals could be used for this? Well, let me walk you through it, Bina. If you are say a trade school, say you are coming and doing training on repairing boats at a marina. Then you're going to take what you can. It's probably still okay in a C, low B neighborhood if, if you could do, similar to a crash pad like Chris was talking, if you could stay with your peers to keep your costs down. Now, if you are in a B neighborhood, that's, all the safety issues are resolved. There's not a lot of petty crime. Then you definitely can do Airbnb, which is the, the low end of the corporate housing market. And then if you're in an A neighborhood, then you can just go straight to corporate housing. And, and handle uh, professional baseball players and their families and and all all that type of thing with mm-hmm. uh, people in different corporate businesses will go to an a, a neighborhood. Interesting. So, so it's all over the spectrum, you can always find a little niche for yourself. Whatever I have, it would be something I could maybe try out. That's right. You got to do what you can with what you currently have. You can find an opportunity for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So uh, let's talk about uh, sizes of the properties. Are these mostly smaller two bedrooms? Are they bigger properties? What, what is your experience about what works best? Well, my preference is the smaller, the better. And, and I just put nicer things in it. That's what I'd like to do. But of course, my, my current properties are one bit, one baths, mostly. And I also have some two bit, one baths that and they all work because there's people traveling with families, and there are, of course, people traveling by themselves. You know, in Cincinnati, I was looking at some information about Cincinnati. There's there's very few studios, but most of them are one-bed, one-baths that are currently going on, the Airbnbs in Cincinnati. Hmm. So that makes a lot of sense because it's just a hotel room size, right? Mm-hmm. That's all you, all you need for one person. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like what you're saying is that uh, in addition to single-family houses, uh, we should be looking at apartments. 
Oh, there's so many opportunities for single-family homes too. I, I don't want to separate anything out. There's uh, when you have when you move from an apartment to a home, you open up different opportunities. For example, I have um, some people I coach. They they house professional baseball players and their families, and, or they have uh, a lady houses people traveling with horses, you know, in Kentucky for and, and all their family and extended family. So, of course, a big place works out great. You better have a big place if you're housing a horse. Yeah, horses. They're they're on a ranch. Uh-huh, very so. good. Very good. So all there's right. So there's so many. Um, it's endless. There, there is no one. Um, way to do it is you find the best opportunity for what you currently have. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about what the, what the setup is here that is different. If we're going to, if we're going to begin with the, with the theory that I could take rentals, I already have and make more money on them by turning into the short term rentals. We're going to discuss what exactly would have to happen in order that in order for that to go on. We will be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today, Al Williamson, and we're talking about uh, turning your rentals into short-term rentals on purpose. Not not, <laughs> not because that tenant didn't stay, but because you make more money that way. And Absolutely. I would be I would be remiss if I forgot to mention that Al is going to be the one of the featured speakers at the 2017 OREA National Real Estate Summit, uh, which is going to be here in Cincinnati on November 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. So you get to come out and meet him and actually see his his whole presentation with pictures and all the stuff we can't do on the radio. And <laughs> unless I am unless I am mistaken, because I haven't checked today, there are still two seats available for that at WMKVFM.org at the discounted price of I want to call it 157 bucks for all four days, all four days. And if you go to WMKVFM.org, what you're doing is you're pledging to the station, so you get to come to the event, but the public radio station that you've always meant to support and have never quite gotten around to it gets the money. So like, that's great. I know. I know. So and I'm so excited to be there. I'm doing jumping jacks and I'm getting in shape and I'm training. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm pumped to come to Ohio. It's going to be four day on four days on your feet, answering questions at the bar. So it's a good thing I'm you're ready. working out I'm now. I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. <laughs> Jump roping and everything. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, okay, so we kind of so we, I mean, you 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 are of the opinion that this will pretty much work any place that people actually want to go, and that that almost any kind of residential property probably has a niche for these That's right. shorter term travelers. But you said something early on that we need to follow up on, which had to do with furnishing. This is not a okay. hotel. <laughs> this is not right. a lease where these people are going to be dragging their furniture across the country for uh, three months. So let's talk about that part of the process. Okay. Okay. So for me, if I was starting, if I'm converting one of my existing long-term rentals into a short-term rental, if it's a one bit, one bath, and I'm, and I'm, I don't want to do a bunch of yard sale shopping and thrift store shopping, and I don't want to run all the, over the place for Craigslist to get it. Because I could bring my costs down, absolutely. I just typically go to Ikea and Walmart and Target and get all my stuff. 
it's typically costing about thirty-five to four thousand dollars to do it to do a nice job where um, the, the people that I'm going after feel comfortable. You know, I have a bunch of smart TVs in every room. I have uh, really nice linens and all the fully stocked kitchen. And now I'm moving into more artwork. I bring in a stager that helps me with, because I'm an engineer. I don't know how to do art. <laughs> so I have to hire someone to help me with that. So it's going to be about $4,000 to do that. But now for me, my numbers, I'm making an additional $1,000 a month when I when I go from a short term, that's something I own, to a long term. I mean, to a, from a long term to a short term. And this is something that I already own, of course. I'm able to net um, an additional $1,000 per month. Okay, give us a, give us a sense of scale there. What what would the unit normally rent for if it were a normal rental, un- unfurnished, et cetera? Unfurnished, if this one would go for like seven fifty. And you're getting seventeen fifty. About four hundred and fifty square feet, a one bed one bath apartment that I own. Uh huh. Right. And you're getting seventeen fifty. Um, actually, I'm getting eighteen sixty, <laughs> and I'm, I'm taking off expenses. Um, so that I can give you, I like to talk about net, Vina. I like to keep it real. There's a lot of people talking about short-term rentals that just talk about their gross that they make in New York and their gross that they're making in San Francisco. And, you know, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Not uh-huh. to an investor. Only net. I only want to talk about net to people. And um, I encourage other short-term rental providers just to get off of this gross income thing because that doesn't mean anything. You touched a little nerve there, Vina. No, I know. I get pretty upset I, about that. Yeah, I know. And you're you're not going to change them because you know, the, the 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 gross number just sounds so much more impressive. Yeah. You know, I mean, a million dollars last year. Ask me how much yeah. I kept. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd like so, to keep it real though. So only net income for me. That's all I talk so about. So what expenses? I, I mean, so there's there if if you owe money. There's a mortgage payment, yes. but let's assume, you know, let's let's treat this right. like a cap rate and say there is no mortgage, okay. even though, you know, nothing wrong with doing one right. on a place that does Just have a mortgage. What what are your out. what are your expenses? My expenses are, you know, gas and electric for, for what they consume. And and um, that is it. Oh, oh, I, there's Wi-Fi, of course. Uh-huh. And and maybe a Netflix subscription. And that's it. Okay. I'm able to pass the way I operate. I'm able to pass my full cleaning costs off to my clients. Mm-hmm. So they have a one one time cleaning fee that they pay up front when they move in, and they simply just walk out when they're done. They pack their their belongings and they walk out. So that's how I operate. Okay. So, but you don't you don't provide cleaning services like week to week like a hotel does. You're just like you clean your own place, and then when you move, I will get it cleaned, which you've already paid for it. Well, I give them the option for that for. For example, I, I rent to the, the regents of the University of California. The, um, so that's one of my corporate rentals. And, and for them, I invoice them every month, and I include my housekeeping fees. So I charge them um, every time they need a housekeeping. So I really, I really like the term flexible term rental because I customize what I call a housing solution for people, whatever they need. I say yes to it, and this is how much it costs. <laughs> However you want it, we'll do your laundry for you. 
on the weekends, you can come back on the on Monday. All your laundry's been cleaned and it's in your drawers just like you wanted them. We'll do that for people. We'll do housekeeping for people. We'll even rent them cars as well. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So you you can be as full service or as bare bones right. <laughs> as as they want. Okay. So it doesn't right. sound like it doesn't sound like the furnishing is a hugely big deal because I, no. I I think that would probably be a stopper for a lot of people. Um, but uh, the way you're doing it, I mean, they're, you're not you're not furnishing your house. <laughs> you're furnishing right. somebody else's house. Right. Um, the, well, the the thing the thing about that is you're you're looking for something that's going to appeal to everyone, and you're you're looking to dial it into the client that you're going after. When I was just I had my own version of the crash pad. I was housing medical students. The, those guys those guys just wanted a clean bed, Wi-Fi, and that's it. They didn't want anything fancy. They didn't want TVs or anything, and they didn't want to pay for it either. They wanted to have it bare bones and kind of um, dormitory style. Mm-hmm. But but as you go up into class A or you're going after a corporate um, person, then they're going to want nicer things. So um, I wouldn't let furnishings at all or the costs at all get in the way of, of this. There are even companies that will loan you the money up front and garnish your Airbnb um, earnings to get you going if you are in a prime location. Huh. And there's there's plenty of there's there's plenty of people that will advance you money or joint venture with you if you want to go into that. But I recommend that you just just go for it and get a loan from um, a family member because it's it really is a strong mature industry now. They're they're advertising during the Super Bowl now. Huh. It's not like it's a, it's not like it's a small business or a flimsy thing anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so it's, it's a very safe, dependable business that you can get yourself into, and and outmaneuver these hotels and outmaneuver these these uh, corporations. And let's let's talk about where. Um... Airbnb and and similar uh, sites that are are basically, I mean, they're markets for Airbnb doesn't own any properties, right? They're markets for other people to put kind of like Zillow, except for people who are trying to do shorter term stays. Where do these fit into the picture here? Like, um, how how do do you advertise these on multiple sites? I, I mean, assuming assuming that you advertise them on these sites at all. Is it multiple sites? Is it all the time? Is it how, how, how do these help you get your clients? So I'm a little unique. Let me t- tell you about the, what the typical landlord would face. I would recommend that they're on at least five sites and that they link all their calendars together. So I coach people through how to do that so that if you get a, a booking from, let's say, Travelocity, that it that updates your Airbnb calendar, so there's no chance of double booking. Ah. And also, the more sites that you're on, the less chance you'll have a vacancy. And that's what it's about, is making sure you're, you're advertising as hard as you can all over the world. Different people have their different go-to sites. Very good. Uh, we need to take one more quick break, and when we come back, we will wrap up our discussion on how to turn your existing rental properties into 
much, much more lucrative uh, short-term corporate rentals. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox, doing the special pre-recorded program with Al Williamson about his um, business of uh, providing short-term corporate housing and getting, when it comes down to it, more than double the income off of his rentals that uh, he was getting when they were just rentals. And um, he says we can do it out here in the Midwest, any place where there's corporate travelers, you know, here in Cincinnati, I've, I've met people who were here for a few months at a time for like, you know, P&G assignments, uh, GE aircraft, you know, I, I, I'm sure all these big companies probably bring people and haven't had a job for 30 years. So don't know, but I meet people <laughs> who uh, are here, you know, assigned temporarily to do something or another. And um, I guess one other thing we probably ought to touch on in terms of these, uh, you know, registered trademark uh, VRBO and Airbnb and Travelocity and places like that is I assume there's some kind of fee that they charge. Is it, is it when you rent something or is it by the listing or how does that work? You know, every, all of them have their different models. Like Airbnb charges the the host a 3% when they, when they bring them somebody. So they charge them 3% of the gross. And then they also make the guests pay a fee as well. And, and VRBO, they have two different models. They'll they'll charge you when they refer someone to you, or they'll let you do a flat rate for that year. And same with bookings. And everyone has their, their different funding model to get you in there. Like corporate housing by owner, they have an annual subscription. And But, you know, in general, most people should plan on it being about 3% of their their uh, yearly earnings, you know, marketing does cost. And and what I, I always tell people is that Airbnb is the most powerful marketing tool in the, in the world for us landlords. It has more exposure, gives you more exposure than anything. And all the artificial intelligence that goes along with it is just so powerful, you just can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. And it's and essentially it's free, you know, three <laughs> percent. But they when they bring you somebody and and that exposure is is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, there's so many things I want to ask you, and I know you're going to be here in in Cincinnati in six weeks to uh, teach all of this at the OREA National Real Estate Strategy Summit. But uh, just a couple of other things that are are at the top of my mind. Um, It seems to me like this is going to be very different than a typical landlord-tenant relationship in several ways. Absolutely. One of which is that um, I know when I am am booking a vacation (laughs) and I'm looking at one of these websites, first thing I look at is reviews. Okay. And... I assume that that's. I assume the fact that I will reject somebody who hasn't got at least like a three and a half star review means you kind of live or die on those. Yes, <laughs> just like everywhere online, that is that is the way that things go online. With whether you're at Amazon or eBay or anything, it's all about how many stars you have. So getting reviews, there's a whole science behind it. Like there's um, selling anything. 
there's a whole process that you want to take someone through if, if you're wise about it so that you make sure that you get those five-star reviews. You've got to make sure that people um, give you a review, <laughs> <laughs> that they feel compelled to give you a review, and then you want to make sure that they give you the best review you can get for the property that you have. Can I tell you a quick story? Sure, absolutely. There was a, I have a, 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 a client that's just inside of Dayton, and you have to drive through this rough neighborhood to get to her house, single-family house, which is nice, but you have to go through it. And she was getting bad reviews um, because people, had, they, they were kind of shook up as they were driving to her place. So what we did is we started shaping her headlines so that um, we crafted several dis- different headlines. We tested them out, and we found diamond in the rough. Help people understand that they had to go through that and what to expect. And then they gave her a five stars based on their expectations. So, so those types of strategies are so important just um, to, to be aware of that and to uh, split test and all kinds of things that are involved with it, Vina. But it's, it's the power of what, what you can do now when you connect your, your rental property to the Internet. Mm-hmm. and have all that type of marketing power at your disposal. Diamond in the rough. You like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's Would like it's like when <laughs> it's like when agents say, you know, property needs a little TLC and what that means is there's no walls inside. <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, so so I mean you're just saying like like with anything else if you set expectations. That's right. That 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 you're you're more likely to be successful than if you uh, flat out lie to people and you know right. they because because I think another another way in which this is going to be really different is um, I don't have too many tenants that rent a house of mine without seeing it first and I suspect that like a hundred percent of yours probably do that. Yes, they all do that, and, and I have all kinds of little ninja tricks that I use to help people trust me. Um, I go after I like this term super credibility. I just I, I go after super credibility, even having the incoming guest talk to the existing guest. I do that as well, so that because oftentimes people have to PayPal me or Venmo me a couple thousand dollars to make the whole thing happen. Mm-hmm. So that's a big chunk of money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I go after super credibility and and, and show them um, movies and all kinds of things to help them feel comfortable. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So what other, and, and we, we only have just a couple of minutes left, but um, given the given the short time that we've had here and how, you know, the huge amount of knowledge that you have having done this for several years now, what are what are the one or two key pieces of advice that you would give to people who are, who are listening to this and going, hey, that actually sounds pretty great. I'd like to do that. <laughs> well, one thing is check to see if you have a, Extended stay in your town. If you could. So that should give you some confidence because there's a lot of market research done before they built that extended stay. So if there is, then, then you, you can pretty much be assured that the way I operate in the extended stay mode versus a hotel mode could work for you. And the other, other thing I want to tell people is so critical is that when you're doing short-term rentals, you got to be sure you're operating to maximize your net income 
which is a much, much different way than maximizing your gross income. And there are a number of different, I want to call them traps, but they're really different. The, the advice that you hear most of the time is about how to maximize your gross income. That's what Airbnb wants you to do because they're paid 3% on your gross. <laughs> they want you to maximize your gross, but that's not necessarily the best thing to maximize your net income. Same thing with property managers, these sophisticated ones. They want you to maximize your gross because they get paid 20 to 30% of your gross. But again, you don't feed your family on your gross income. So there's, um, there's some strategies there. So make sure that you're always thinking about your net income if you are a landlord or investor going after wanting to transition into a, a short stay operation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it seems to me like um, unlike a lot of strategies where you're kind of all in or all out. You know, if you if you're gonna go if you're gonna go rehab properties, you better put together a whole rehab team, and you better be prepared to rehab some. <laughs> You know, yeah. you better have a hard money lender. You better have this, or you better have that. This this sounds like something that maybe we could just give give one kind of a try. And if it didn't work yes. out, so what? It goes back to being a rental. That's right. Traditional landlording should be your your fallback position. Absolutely, and definitely should do. If you have a duplex, you definitely should try one of them as a short term rental. You definitely, you know, if you have an apartment complex you definitely should try at least one unit. Or if you have two rental homes, you should definitely have one of them. Test one of them as a short-term rental because that's going to open the door for this whole economy that you can't see until you get into that market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, all great advice, Al. And we do appreciate you uh, being willing to come on and share with the rest of us today. I'm sure as time passes here over over the next few months and years, and um, there, there, there becomes the level of familiarity <laughs> with this sort of strategy <laughs> that they're, well, I mean, I remember back in the day when wholesaling was like, oh, you did what? Yeah. Tell me, take, let me take you to lunch. Let me tell, tell and now, <laughs> you know, now it's kind of in the water and like everybody has at least a basic understanding of how it works. And, you know, right. this, this will be the same thing eventually yeah. because somebody else has set up the whole infrastructure <laughs> for us. And, yeah. and as you said, the extended stay hotels do the market research and the Airbnb type sites, no, you know, they, they do the marketing for their own sites and, and all we got to do is actually provide the property. So I think there's a lot of potential here and I think people should definitely Uh, Make the effort to come and check you out at the 2017 National Real Estate Strategy Summit presented here in Cincinnati by OREA. Yeah, and I can't wait. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to to actually seeing your your properties and your pictures and all those fun things. So, uh, folks who want to grab a ticket to that can go to wmkvfm.org. That's wmkvfm.org. If you don't see it on there, that means that the tickets are gone, that uh, the tickets that were donated here to the station are gone. Uh, So, um, again, I'll very much appreciate it. Uh, the rest of you. Thank you so much for having me. You're so you're so welcome. For the rest of you listeners, of course, we will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. So until then, happy investing. <laughs>